This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. See, for us, it's all about what we see. If I do this, they're watching me, and so they'll get, and you know, we can see it. But what the Holy Spirit does in us, He knows He's working over there and them and them. He knows what He's doing in this person. He knows what He's doing. He's coordinating. He's the coordinator. It's just, no, no, you just do this. Trust me. I'm working it all out. I'm working on people's lives. And what's more important than what you might get in the end as a result or the task at hand is the hearts of the people watching and involved. He's working on the hearts of people. And he knows exactly what he's doing. The heart is one of the more valuable organs inside our body, right? And we tend to use our hearts to guide our actions. Today, Pastor Troy says that God is after our hearts. He wants to change us to be better versions of ourselves. God can change your heart with the Holy Spirit. When you allow God to enter your life, you also invite the Holy Spirit. He wants to be in a relationship with you and shape you into the person you're meant to be. God loves you and wouldn't do anything that wasn't with your best interest in mind. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 15 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. For some of us, there's the force, those energy drinks. No, that's the force. Some can't survive anymore without those. Like, I need an energy drink. What are you going to do? I just, I just woke up 15 minutes ago, but I'm tired, man. I got a test today. And you got to have the energy drink. That's not being filled with the Spirit. That's force, all right. But not the force that God wants us to be filled with. He wants to be filled with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Glass has got to be empty, and you can only empty the glass by filling it. You got to get off the throne. So, what kind of help has he given? Well, there's some very important help that he's already given. Let's talk about that because we'll talk about some of the help in the world next week. But there's some major help, significant help that he's already given. Look at verse 13, chapter 16. However, When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Now he's speaking to his disciples, and they're trying to go, how am I going to, I'm not taking good notes right now. I'm going to get all this. How are we going to remember? How are we going to know what to say? He says, look, I'm going to send you the helper, and he's going to do this for you. He's going to help you. The first thing he has already done is given inspiration. The Holy Spirit has done the work of inspiring history to produce the Word of God to us today. He's given that inspiration. The, 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 the scriptures are built on the apostles and the prophets and the work and the Word that God had given through them and what they saw. The Holy Spirit established the Word of God by inspiration. Inspiration. 
A select group of men throughout history were filled with the Holy Spirit and enabled to write down exactly what God wanted to say in history and to get this word and preserve it and get it to us today intact. That's pretty awesome. In the New Testament, primarily the apostles. In the Old Testament, the prophets. Let me read 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. He says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So he's been at work getting to us all that we would need Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the word of God that we have today. Second, illumination. If you're going to have inspiration, you need to understand what it is. And so the Holy Spirit does that too. I mean, if he put it all together, kind of crafted it all, then we also need to hear from him, what is this saying? What does this mean for me? So there's illumination. The period of inspiration of the word of God is over. Despite what the Mormons say, no more books are being written. No more uh, testaments are being written. It's all written. It's all been confirmed. The, the, you saw Peter said, hey, this has been confirmed to us. And now the apostles were spreading and sharing the confirmation of all that Jesus did. What he was about. Who he was. And we have that in the word of God. But we need the illumination for life, practically. It's the Holy Spirit who unlocks that for us too, understanding. Your wisdom, your, your, your learning, your studying and making notes and drawing this arrow to that thing and none of that will change your life or your heart. None of that will change you at all. You can have a great grasp. You could stand up here and proclaim it and make it so understandable and simple, but that will not change your heart. It's only the Holy Spirit who can connect the Word of God with where you are at, help make sense of it, and minister to you. You know, there's an article missing here. I don't mean an article like in Time Life magazine, but just a a small word, a little article. In the King James Version, New King James Version, and NIV, that makes a, a difference Not a salvation difference, but a big difference about what's being said here. It's an article that would simply change the phrase in verse 13 where he says, He will guide you into all truth. It changes it from He will guide you into all truth to He will guide you into all the truth. The truth. The is more defined. All truth just means What's her real hair color? That's the truth. What's her real age? That's the truth. 
Did he lie at 12 years old on his you know, test that he took? What's the truth? Holy Spirit, you're the author of all truth. Give me the truth. That's not what the Holy Spirit is spinning his wheels doing. But it's focused and emphasizing who Christ is, the person and work of Christ, not just general truth. So it's related to the statement that would be made to the disciples when he said, the Spirit of God will bring everything to remembrance. So he will guide you into all the truth, everything that is central to the person and work of Christ so that you can see what's important, what we need to be about. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's divine. He's discreet. He's helpful. We'll talk more about the help next week. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is dynamic. He gives you dynamic power. To pull off any and everything God wants you to do. To live in the way God wants you to live. Now this is going to take help because the world will be against you. Your flesh will be against you. And so you have the Holy Spirit to help you. Now this speaks of a power above, beyond what you naturally have. I mean, we can do a lot of things in our own natural power and strength and ability to, to, to manipulate or control or set up. We know, we know that. That's why we do it. We try to control, manipulate, and set up. But that's not the Holy Spirit. That's in your own strength. So you can do a lot in your own power, some more than others. But here's what happens when you do that. You drain yourself. You worry yourself. You destroy yourself. You you break yourself down. It's not that hard. It takes, again, getting off the throne and letting the Holy Spirit lead and direct and guide and go, no, we're not going to focus on that. But it's falling apart. Let it fall apart. If If it's what God wants, it won't fall apart. If it's what God doesn't want, let it fall apart. Let those things go. Let those things happen. You, here's what I want you about. Then we begin to focus our energies and our efforts based upon His driving, His leading. Whatever you want. Most of our worry would go away if we just say, Lord, okay, whatever you want. The reason we worry is, I want something. I want this. I want it to be like this. And so we worry that it won't be. So we can do it our way in our own strength or we can do what the Lord wants in His power and accomplish more than we would have ever accomplished on our own. See, for us, it's all about what we see. If I do this, they're watching me, and so they'll get, and you know, we can see it. But what the Holy Spirit does in us, he knows he's working over there and them and them. He knows what he's doing in this person. He knows what he's doing. He's coordinating. He's the coordinator. He says, no, no, you just do this. Trust me, I'm working it all out. I'm working on people's lives. And what's more important than what you might get in the end as a result or the task at hand is the hearts of the people watching and involved. He's working on the hearts of people. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Chapter 15, verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So the first thing he does is he's testifying of Christ to you to go, look, focus on Christ, get your eyes on Christ, walk in Christ. As you begin to do that, verse 27, and you also will bear witness. 
because you have been with me from the beginning. So obviously the disciples were with him. But phase two is that he works in you. So he works on you to get your eyes on Christ, to follow him. But then he starts to work in and through you. You don't even realize it. Why? You're not looking around at everything else. You're looking at Christ. You're just following Christ. And then he is making a witness out of you to those who are watching you. So often we focus on out here that we're not looking to Christ. And it's a big mistake. Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on building on the solid rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program, or if you have any questions about building on the solid rock, We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. Listen to previous teachings as well, and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. get this and I got to do this and I want about what about these things no no you, you know right there. if God wants you to have them he'll put them there if he doesn't he'll remove them just be willing to let go of everything and and follow the Lord I tell this to couples uh, singles especially I got to find a I got to find a mate I got to find someone look if you follow the Lord and you're all in one you'll be the right person for someone else and you will also find the right person cuz they will be there too never stop back here in a substandard place looking for someone cuz you're going to find a substandard person You want to find the person who is marching along with you. Also, because you're following the Lord, the Lord will bring someone with you who's like-minded. If your heart is missions and you're on the mission field and and that's where you meet someone in the mission conference, then you're like-minded. But if your heart is missions and then you go, well, I need to go, where's a conference they have some good-looking guys or good-looking girls? You go to that conference, you may not even meet someone who, the Lord wasn't leading that, that was you. So you're searching, looking, and, and you're not even going the same direction. And even with Christians, even with two believers, this can cause some conflict. Now, let me just say this. When we get married, don't look back and go, I must have been wrong. I should get divorced now so I can have who God really intended for me. No, if you're married, that's who God intends. He intends that your marriage be a picture of his grace, his mercy, and his ability to do all things as unto himself, work out all things according to his will, even despite the choices that we make. There is no perfect mate for you. You didn't miss. You didn't miss the perfect one. We're all sinners. That's why we get married. We're needy. If I weren't needy, we wouldn't get married. But I'm needy, therefore we get married. I need someone. I want this person. And then we go forward and our marriage becomes a a picture of God's love and the world should be able to watch a marriage at work and see the grace of God, the goodness of God in flawed individuals who are learning to work together and grow together. And then when you add kids, that's just a whole other level. So he works in you to point you to Christ. He works through you to point others to Christ. It's like he has a message to deliver 
He's on point and he wants to use your life as an illustration. You see, this would be the mission of the disciples. Family, homes, well, they would lose a lot of that. Their life would be devoted to carrying out this gospel, to building up the kingdom, and it would not be a walk in the park. So Jesus also said to them, chapter 16, verse 1, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. I mean, just think about today. Obviously, the Jews would be the big enemy at that time, but it continues today. People are misinterpreting who God is. He's love. He's tolerance. He's acceptance. And you, that is not loving. That's very closed-minded and narrow. And so in the name of God, love, they would say, you are wrong, and you're an error, and you're narrow, and you're mean, and maybe even persecute you. But this would be why we are sent the helper. If you live by the Spirit of God, if you let him drive, it can be a little scary. I I had a friend, I had a friend who I trusted, who had a friend that I didn't know all that well. They wanted to go four-wheeling. He had rolled one vehicle once already. I said, I don't know, this guy seems a little bold. So I didn't go. And they ended up, going and they, he rolled it again. Now, fortunately, no one was hurt, but the guy's a little, he takes you places you don't want to go. This is not safe. Well, let me just say, I have that same fear about letting the Holy Spirit drive. The problem is he's perfect. You're not going to roll. It's just scary. You know, I'd rather drive. We're four-wheeling. Put your seatbelt on. It's a nice and comfortable ride. No, no, the Holy Spirit's going, all right, this is going to be dangerous. What? I don't know about danger. You could lose friends and family. You could lose your own life. I don't know about that. I don't think I want to go on that trip. And yet, isn't that what it feels like when the Holy Spirit starts saying, let me drive? We know theologically we know he's perfect. We know he doesn't wreck. We know, but we're scared of, what, is, what am I going to be drugged through? You know, how scared am I going to be? Do you have a panic handle? <laughs> it's scary. But if we live by the spirit of God, it'll be exciting. It won't be, well, Paul said it very well. It's no longer I who live. Wait a minute. These people wouldn't even recognize me. This is not me anymore but it's Christ who lives in me. And that's the point. And that's the work of the helper. That's his role, that's his desire. Anything less quenches him, grieves him. In fact, as you let your life go and you place your life in his hands, you you begin to do things that the world looks at and they go, why would you do that? Why would you hang in there on that marriage? Or why would you, you know, not go for that relationship? Man, she's gorgeous or he's gorgeous. And you go, I'm hanging on to the Lord. 
This is the first bite I got in in years and I'm going to let him go. He's good looking, but I'm going to trust in the Lord because it is not the way God wanted this to work. It's not God's will. And so as you do this and as you overcome, guess what happens? Your witness and your testimony become even more powerful, more brilliant, less of you, more of him. So Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission. He said to them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He told them to go into all the world, to share the gospel, to preach Christ, to teach the truth, to be a witness. That's by their life. But before they went, he also said something very important. He told them to wait. Before they went, they had to wait. What for? The promise, the Holy Spirit, the power. Well, we need to be about the Father's business. When we're about the Father's business, we don't have time for monkey business. Making messes. But we have, we can't do it in our own strength. We've got to wait the Holy Spirit. We've got to empty ourselves. We've got to let Him drive. You have a helper. Let Him fill your glass to full. More of Him, less of you. You got to get off the throne. You know, I, I, I saw a, a PowerPoint slide and it showed three different types of lives. One was the unbeliever. Their life is a mess, out of order. And it shows the throne in the heart uh, and how they're on their throne and their life's a mess. Then it showed the believer, the Christian, the Christian life as the Holy Spirit would, would suggest. And it's the Holy Spirit, you know, God on the throne and things in order, in the right order. But it gave one more picture. The defeated Christian life. The Holy Spirit was inside the circle, but the Holy Spirit was not on the throne. The person was on the throne. And the order and the picture, except for adding the Holy Spirit, was the same picture as the non-believer. You see, even with Jesus added to our life, if we're on the throne, we're going to make the same messes. Adding Jesus isn't going to help you walk victoriously. He's got to lead. You've got to let go. The Holy Spirit was given to us that we might just be an instrument and nothing more than that. Like a, like a glove doesn't do the work the hand inside the glove does. That we would just be that vessel, that body, less of me, more of him. You want to love my wife? Then, Lord, help me to love her. I don't feel like it. I'm not a touchy-feely kind of person, but you want me to put my arm around her? All right, it's weird for me, but this is what you want me to do? Lord, I will do it in public for everybody to see and think I actually love this woman. It's not your nature, but it's his nature to love her and to love her through you. 
to help you become a better husband, a better wife, a better student, a better uh, member of society, a better Christian. We need the Holy Spirit. We need help. And God is sent. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come